Defense was optional at Little Caesars Arena as the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche take part in a no-holds-barred shootout. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty looking extra fresh today with a new haircut. Where are the sunglasses? <laughs> the sunglasses wear, would take we, this to the next level. We don't wear shades after a loss. What are we talking oh, about? That's you, true. What are, what are you, an amateur? What are we doing here? This ain't yes. my first rodeo. We, we, don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't wear shades after losses, baby. Uh, yes, the Red Wings fell five to two to the Colorado Avalanche at Little Caesars Arena. And, uh, it was, you know what? I'm going to say it. It was a good game. Say it. it was I a agree. fun game. No, so, so it, it was a good game, but I think more importantly, it was after the first period, it looked like it was going to be a train wreck and it wasn't, and it, it was still a loss. Uh, but against that good of a Colorado team, I, I mean, the second period, I think we played really, really well and matched yes. them pretty evenly. And then in the third, even, I, I think, in you know, the, the empty netter at the end, if, if you don't count empty netters, uh, it was a pretty competitive third as well. And, and we had a lot of opportunities in the third as, as until the empty net goal, too. I mean, the, what, two, three minutes leading up to that, you know, we had an extra skater, but still really competitive and uh, – yeah, I, I think after the first period, they recovered incredibly nicely. And uh, if, if we played like we did in two and three and one, it, it would have been a, a, a even closer and more competitive game than it already was. Yeah, you could definitely tell that the Red Wings had had like an entire week off. They came mm-hmm. out sluggish and you could see it watching them skate. Um, Thomas Grice, honestly, I was sh- first of all, Surprised that they went with Thomas Grice because at this yeah, point we were talking and, about it. Hey, we've been wrong before on this. We try to predict the goaltender that's going to go. We're fully confident it's going to be Nedeljkovic, and then sometimes it's not. So this was a case where they put Grice out there, and I we talked about it, you know, last week with Thomas Grice after his fantastic performance. Do you ride the hot hand? And you made the argument that there's a week off, so are they really a hot hand after a whole week? Well, apparently in Jeff Blashill's eyes, it's still a hot hand, and they went with Grice and. They could also be showcasing him for the tra- in co- upcoming trade deadline, but despite the fact that he let in four goals on 30 shots, he did not look bad in this game. And I said it in the cold open, but th- this game had absolutely no defense on either ends of the ice. This was just get into the offensive zone, offensive pressure for about two minutes straight, whistle goes, or gets cleared out, goes the other end, offensive pressure. Defense on both ends was absolutely scrambling. Yeah, it, it was. And, and like you said, I mean, first off, r- respect Thomas Grice because that was that that game, he got burned on one. One of the five goals that, that Colorado scored, he got truly burned on. Uh, the, the rest were all either, you know, rebounds. And I guess some of that is rebound control. But at the end of the day, you, you, your job is to stop the puck and, and you rely on your defense a little bit for rebound control. And, and the defense was absolutely horrid uh, across the board. Um, Sider didn't even have a, a very good game, just purely defensively. He yeah. had an exceptional game on the offensive end and laid out a couple of hits. And 
Uh, and when they they decided to to, to demote Danny to Kaiser mid game, uh, that 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 actually you know that that helped a little bit as well. But uh, that like I said, that first period was really rough. So nobody really looked good defensively there in the first. And I I, I think as a whole the Grice deserves a lot of credit, man. I I, I really truly don't think that uh, this game should be pinned on him really in any capacity. Absolutely not. And uh, we're, we, you want to look at, obviously, in this game, you see, oh, 24 shots on 30 saves he let in. Um, I'm sorry, that's not right. He made 26 saves on 30 shots. You think, oh, that's not very good. You look at the high danger chances that the Colorado Avalanche had. They had seven high danger shots against it five-on-five five hockey. Not counting power plays, definitely not counting penalty kills. At five-on-five five hockey, the Colorado Avalanche had Seven high danger scoring chances. They scored on four of them. Guess what? Outside of the empty net goal, they had four goals. Yeah. No, and, and even that's, that's huge. I mean, even uh, you know, I think the first goal, like Greiser made a it, it was a nice save. It was a nice play. And then it just off the rebound right on the stick. Uh there's the Zadina play where there was just nobody in front of the net for the wings. Like it was just Zadina, and then <laughs> like and, and he couldn't get there quick enough, and it was just a nice little push in. Uh, but th- there was there was no defender in front of the net for that goal, and we're all just like, all right, uh, yeah. So so yeah, I I, I no no uh, no no Grice slander for tonight. Five goals seems like a lofty number, but one of them was an empty netter, and and three of them could have been. Uh, very much changed with with a decent, even a halfway decent defensive performance. I mean, the average goal distance was ten feet out, less than ten feet out at nine and a half feet. That's just yeah. that 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 is what that speaks to is a lack of defense, which is the biggest takeaway from this game. And it wasn't just the Red Wings. Colorado's defense wasn't playing that well either. That's why the Red Wings outshot Colorado with thirty four shots. You look at if you you guys also follow hockey stat cards on Twitter. It get it, almost immediately a bot is going to shoot out of a hockey stat card showing you what the players did on the ice. Um, Red Wings defensively were awful in tonight's game. Across the board. Across the, the board. Moritz Sider had a horrible defensive game, but he had a fantastic offensive and even better individual game. So a lot of that also speaks to, you know, who he was playing with as well. His, his defense was almost minus three, while his individual was almost, what, two and a half. So he's having a positive impact on the ice and individually, but on as a whole, the team's defense wasn't there. So when you see the entire team's defense in the negative, then you know something's wrong. There were four players on the team today that had positive impacts defensively, according to Hockey Stat Card. That's Mark Stahl, who, by the way, had the highest um, had a high had the highest game score rating on the team somehow. Uh, mainly because he's an offensive style defenseman historically, so that he thrived in tonight's game where there was no defense. <laughs> um, Vladislav Nemesnikov and um, Philip Peronik and Adam Ernie all had four positive. All four of them had positive defensive hockey scores and were positive impacts on the ice overall. Other than that, everyone was horrible defensively in this game, and you know Dylan Larkin was as well. Your worst defenders were Philip Zadina, Gustav Lindstrom, Lucas Raymond, Pew Suter, and you know of course Danny DeKaiser. But most of these players were able to even that out with the offensive and the individual because there was no defense in this game. 
Right. And 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 like you said, you're open. It was it was a it was what did you call it? Uh no holds barred shootout. Yeah, damn right, baby. That that's what it was. I mean, it, it really was a uh a, a controlled track meet of sorts. It, it wasn't just a lot of breakaways, but it it was just a lot of time in the opponent's zone. Uh, other team gets possession of the puck. They work their way down ice, and then once they break into the zone, then it then it's their turn to be in the zone for three straight minutes. And uh, that that was the a, a reoccurring theme in uh, in tonight's game. Yeah, it really was, and it was definitely it made for an exciting hockey game. It did, but also a very frustrating uh, hockey game. There was one game, one of the goals in the third period. Philip Zadina was the only one in front of the net. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, um, yeah, like whatever, ninety seconds ago. Yeah, there, he was the only person in front of the net. Yeah, why? Why? Moritz <laughs> Snyder, as much as we praise him, I don't him, know why. Was near the blue line. I don't understand what was going on in that situation where Philip Zadina, who is not, who is shore up his defensive game, but is not known for his defensive right. style of uh, forward, is the only player in front of the net. It. It was bad. No yeah, that, that it was rough. It was really rough. Um, that that was, and you can point at really any of the goals. To be honest with you, I mean the even the one where Grice kind of got burned. That was a, a a broken, a huge defensive breakdown. Where again, not really no clogging or anybody in front of the net, uh, and and the rebounds were all very avoidable. I I, I would say so. It. it not on Grice and, and a really, really rough defensive performance uh, by literally everyone. Transition. You know what wasn't a rough performance? My bets on betonline.net. Oh, oh. How you doing, baby? Oh. Mm. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach, maybe Jawan Howard, is going to land. Hey, BetOnline.net yeah. <laughs> is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the, about the trends and action. Bet on, Bet on where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now. Nightly recaps for every NHL game and analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, segment two time. Uh, talked about the negatives. Defense was absolutely horrid in this game. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of the positives. Uh, we we kind of, for once, we said something negative about Moritz Sider and his def like just his defense wasn't very good today. Actually, it was probably outright bad. Um, yeah. But oh, it, it was it was really yeah. Well, I mean, we already talked about the defense. It was it was really not good in the first and improved, but still had some some lapses. Uh, really, the entire game had a really bad pass at one point too. Yeah, but. He made up for it in some regard in his offensive hockey. Great actually. offensive game. He had another two assists in this game, contributing to the offensive offense very greatly. One of which, the most impressive of which, oh. was when he joined the rush on a breakout. Three on one, coming Unreal. down the ice. The Unreal. defenseman played it very well, taking away the passing lane. What does Moritz Sider do? 
shoots it low off the pad of Franceau to generate a rebound. I think the idea was for it to bounce far side to Raymond, but it comes right out to Philip Zadina, who buries it for his seventh of the year. These are the things that we have come to expect from Moritz Sider. If any other defenseman on this team, maybe Philip, Philip Ronick, we would have said the same thing. But any other defenseman on this team, I feel like we would have said that was a happy accident. With Moritz Sider, he has earned the benefit of the doubt on these types of plays. He just does that because he is a smart player. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I think watching it, you can pretty clearly tell, too. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not I, – I, I don't think it's really even a, a like, oh, did he meet – was it on purpose? Was it not? I, I think it's pretty clear, to be honest with you, when, when watching that it was an intentional, uh, an intentional pass that was made a very intentional move on his part. And uh, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was jaw-dropping. To say the least, the the kid. What what else can you say about him, man? I'm glad he's I'm glad he's wearing a uh, wing wheel. That's you know what else you can say about him? He is now third all time points for rookie defenseman in the wing wheel. Hell yeah, baby! Uh, I believe he passed Jeff Sharples, thirty five points. Uh, he I don't think he's gonna catch Nick Listerman number one because that's just... that's like sixty. Yeah. yeah, as a rookie defenseman, there's only like twenty games left, so I don't Let's know see. if he's gonna do Let's that. See. But it just speaks to how great he has been all season long. We talk about it night in and night out. But Moritz Sider is just the future of this team. He's a number one defenseman. And yeah, his defense tonight wasn't the greatest. He's not going to be a, lo- a, sh- a lockdown defenseman on both ends of the ice, offensively and defensively, while also laying out big hits, which he did do again tonight as well. Um, but a Lay- lot of... But- <laughs> laid out, and then when the retaliation hit came, laid him out too. That, dude, <laughs> he is trademarking the reverse hit. He is. That's get mowed. His, get mowed down. I love it. Um, Cronwall made a name for himself off hitting. Most Sider is going to make a name for himself off reverse hitting. He's get, just get mowed over, baby. Again, he had a poor defensive game today, and I think some of that can be attributed to the defensive so. line juggling. Yes, I, I. I mean, I agree. I think also. It would not shock me at all if that was somewhat of a game plan either. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I think maybe trying to match the the speed of Colorado, just going, hey, we're we're gonna go gung ho, kind of kind of a, a, a like what happened, <laughs> kind of let go a little bit on the defensive end, have people running up ice uh, to, to to try and you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, uh, instigate fast breaks and stuff. I, I, I think that that might've been a, a little part of game planning a and B the fact that the lines were changing mid game uh, that that's not easy for anyone to handle, especially when they're changing mid game against the Colorado avalanche team. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> it's just, there's so much to consider. And when it comes to these defensive pairs, you're right. They 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 were probably almost intentionally abandoning defense at some points just to try and generate any possible offense. Right. Um, but I think they also part of the reason the defense was bad is because of that line juggling. And more Sider, they pulled Danny to Kaiser off the top pair finally in this game. Mid game. So for period one. Period one. Uh it, it was it was DeKaiser and Sider. And DeKaiser had a 
just a, a really, really rough play that uh, that that led to a goal, a a really not great play, and that was I want to say halfway through the first. I mean, they scored what ninety seconds into the game. Yeah, uh, yeah so not, not a great it, start. <laughs> no, and 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 De Kaiser certainly did not have a, a super effective first period. Um, and they went to the locker room and came back out. We were all looking around, going, "Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> Mo Sider's out there, and that's not Danny De Kaiser." And sure enough, he got demoted to to what three? Yeah, mid yeah. mid game, in the middle of the locker room, uh, in the middle of first intermission, he he got he got demoted. So. Yeah, take, take up, that as you will. Take that as you will. It was. It's been a long time coming. I don't know why they stuck with Danny. We had this discussion a long time ago with Danny DeKaiser as to why they were still sticking with Moritz Setter and Danny DeKaiser. We we honestly couldn't come to a conclusion that made sense to us. Um, Nick Letty, when they signed or not signed, rather uh, traded for Nick Letty, it seemed like a logical conclusion that Letty was going to be your top pair defenseman with Moritz Sider. You know, your left-handed, right-handed duo. Maybe the reason they – the only thing I can come to logically is that DeKaiser's a more defensive-oriented defenseman where Nick Letty's another offensive defenseman. You don't need two on the same line. But it just hasn't been panning out. And you can look for it. If you look at today's – if you go to Natural Stat Trick and you look up today's game card, you look up line mates. And again, one game, so sample size is incredibly small. But if you look for Corsi, with, Corsi 4 percentage with and Corsi 4 percentage without, it's kind of night and day. Without Danny DeKaiser – um, Moritz Sider's a uh, Corsi four percentage is much better than it is without his Corsi four percentage with Danny DeKaiser is zero with Nick Letty. It was 46.88 without Nick Letty. It was 8.33 without Danny DeKaiser. It was 48.48. So basically what that's saying is Moritz Sider was better off without Danny DeKaiser. He was better with Nick Letty. Still not a great Corsi percentage either way. But the improvement is right in front of your eyes. Again, one game sample size, but I don't think anyone listening is going to disagree that it's Tanny DeKaiser's underperforming this season. And there's a lot of factors as to why. But once he got moved down to the third line, Scotty, Danny DeKaiser played better. Dog, someone just put their high beams on right in front of my window. I literally cannot see. All right. All right, we're good. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, <laughs> he, he really did. He really did look, um, but truly, he, he did look a lot better. And and even Letty, when you look at his numbers, uh, was actually not. Everybody was was pretty rough, but but he was not as bad with DDK. So like, why not? You know. No, yeah. So Nick Letty, if you want to, if you want to look at him real quick, um, he was. Worse with Gustav Lindstrom than he was with Moritz Sider. He was six points better with Moritz Sider, Corsi four percentage wise, than he was with uh, Gustav Lindstrom. And if you look at Danny DeKaiser himself, or I'm sorry, let's go to Gustav Lindstrom instead. Um, it, it's just it, it's night and day. You know, he with Danny DeKaiser, he had a fifty six percent Corsi four percentage. He had a, they had a positive impact defensively on the ice playing with each other, and they played ten minutes together without. Gustav Lindstrom's Corsi was 40. I mean, not 
listen, Danny DeKaiser doesn't have much left in the tank, man. He really doesn't. No, he's, but, I mean, he's done at the end of the year for sure. Yeah. And he's underperforming. But to say that he doesn't have a role in this team, I think, is a little bit quick. I think he could definitely play in that bottom pair, and I don't know why he hasn't already. And you can see it in this game with a, a, another bottom pair defenseman who's just now blossoming. You want him to have a veteran leadership role? Third pair of minutes with Gustav Lindstrom is where it's at. If you're, yeah. if you are, it if you still are accomplishes adamant, the same thing without forcing him to be paired with your future Norris winner. Yeah. If you are adamant, he needs to be in the lineup and he needs to have the veteran leadership third pair minutes with a 23 year old Gustav Lindstrom, who is just now coming into his own is probably the best place for him. And he fits. He yeah. like, like left, right. Like he fits. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand why we're, why, why this isn't, why this didn't happen months ago, really. But I guess I'll take it. Uh, the fact that it happened at all at this point, he's playing with worse competition and against worse competition. And that is going to be where Danny Kaiser is going to be most effective because he just, he doesn't have the speed to keep up with the game anymore. And that is, you can see that I feel like the hockey IQ is still there watching him. You can see that he wants to be where he needs to be and what he's trying to do is there. It's just, he doesn't have the speed anymore. And we, we've talked about Danny Kaiser and I don't want to drag on Danny DeKaiser for too much longer because it's not, it's not a personal thing. I loved I love Danny DeKaiser. Love DDK. It, it hurts watching him go out there and not be effective anymore, but you know, it's just time to move him down. And it's been time all season, move him down in the lineup, have him be the third pair defenseman. That's where his place on this roster is. Yeah, I completely agree. It's uh, it, 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 like you said, if you're that adamant on making sure that he's in the lineup and, and mentoring someone or something, he can still do that on the third line. He would still skate circles around me too. Cause I suck. You're that's not true. Where, where's your player of the game award? Uh, so remember I was co-player of the game and it Don't went be humble. to your player it, of the game. The, the trophy actually went to the other player. What are we, what are we talking about? Well, because there's only one bobblehead. And why why didn't you get it? Because this way it stays in the same household. Because uh, the guy who I, had I it, would like I would like to write a strongly worded letter <laughs> to whoever the is guy, in charge of this. The guy who had it last week is brothers with my co player of the and oh, this that's way, great. But Does he also he want runs, a cookie? He also I, runs the team. This way they don't lose it. What so now we don't trust you to not lose it? Well, I'm also, I don't think I'm going to be there next week, but I don't think they know that. No, I, I'm writing a letter to somebody. We should have cut going. it in half down the yeah, center. Yeah, you get the head. It's a bobblehead. <laughs> what are we oh. doing? We're talking about the Red Wings, and uh, let's talk about Dylan Larkin for a second. It's a great transition. Yes, let's do it. 200 career assists. Bow, bow. 200 career assists. Um, not a great defensive game from Larkin either. No, not a great defensive game. I don't need, I don't need to keep re- yeah, re- re- reiterating can, that. We can move on. Offensively, he had a great game. Uh, he also had two assists in this one. The first assist he had extended his point streak to eight straight games, and after the second one, gives him 16 points in that span. He is averaging two-point-a-game two player. Two-point-a-game player in his last day, man. I'm bringing it back. It's crazy. Trophy conversation. No, I'm kidding. But real talk, this is just continues this conversation we've been having all year about Dylan Larkin and that he's taken his game to the next level. And he continues to prove it night in and night out. It's becoming so. At what point, Scotty, does this hot streak that he's on, and obviously his point streak is going to snap at some point, but at what point does this hot streak overall stop becoming a stop being considered a hot streak and just start being considered Dylan Larkin? Um. Well, 
So it that that's tough because I I'm not expecting Dylan Larkin to maintain a two point a game. No, pace. no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but um, make that clear, right? But I I think probably after a full season of work, I, I think that's usually what it takes for people, right? Um, I think at, at the end of this season, if we can look back. And he maintained that level of play. If he ends the season with, with, uh, with over a point a game, I think that's probably it. I think it's probably okay. This is the kind of player that Dylan Larkin is from from here on out and going forward. We expect him to to replicate that that level of play that he put up for the entirety of a full NHL season. Yeah, I'm just pulling up Dylan Larkin's stats on the season now because I'm really curious after tonight's game what his overall numbers are. Um, yeah, now, now it's 54 points in 47 games. So he is now seven points above a point per game, and it just continues to climb. Will he finish the season out averaging two points a game? Absolutely not. That's just not sustainable well, yeah, pacing. No, but... <laughs> but this, he continues to, every single game, he's stepping up his, his production. He's stepping up his play, and he's becoming a bigger threat on, on and off the ice. Off the ice, I don't know how he's becoming a threat. I guess just chirping teammates. Hashtag dynamic threat. Off the ice. Off the ice. Um, At both ends of the ice is probably what I meant to say. Uh, We'll go with that. We've had this conversation so many times because he's just continued to be another one of the bright spots. And it's these guys, Moritz Sider, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond had, honestly, offensively was in the mix a ton. He just, Mm -hmm. you know, he whiffed on a couple shots, couldn't complete the wraparound. There were... Tyler Bertuzzi was a constant threat. He had two wraparound attempts as well that almost went in. Yeah. These are the man, players. Man, he could have made the first one. He could have netted know, the man. first one, man. He really could have. And Raymond could have netted the one-timer uh, late, too, and hit, hit him right in the chest, just poorly aimed. But, man. Man, like, the opportunities were there. The opportunities were there tonight. And, and I think that this – it, like the optimistic outview of this game or outlook of this game is that a step forward has been taken this year because there we match will we outshot them did we not we outshot the Colorado Avalanche right we we outshot them in a game where where our defense was terrible and I think that this is just a sign of of a step forward because the opportunities were there the there, opportunities were there they they and they were there in bunches they were there in one timers they were there. In, uh, in in kind of like fast break situations. And, and they were there in front of the net. They were there with, with rebounds and such. Like there, there really was a, a, a lot of opportunities. And I think the next step in development is then taking advantage of more opportunities, obviously, right? But I, I think that where we are currently and where we have been for the last, whatever, two, three years, and, and having this season where we're starting to take a step forward, this game is the epitome of... of a step forward has been taken and you, and you just look at, at this game. Yeah. And there, there are two also things you have to keep in mind when we talk about this game and, and we'll sum it up here real shortly. Nathan McKinnon did not play in this game. That's one of the most lethal forwards in the NHL. Uh, I was rattling off the, the box score yesterday of just how good top to bottom this team is. And Nathan McKinnon is one of the best players in the NHL. I would argue top five, especially among forwards did not play in this game. Uh, they also started their backup goaltender in Pavel Friend. So, but don't overlook that. Like, you can't really talk smack and be like, oh, well, the, you know, Franco's been fantastic in the backup role. He's got a 921 save percentage in nine games played. Granted, a small sample size, but he's shown up every single game that he's been put in the net, even as a backup. 
He's been great behind Darcy Kemper. Um, so to sum it up, basically, this game proves everything that we have known about the Detroit Red Wings all season. They can hang with the best teams in the NHL and occasionally beat them. Their offense is proving that it's going to be, it's getting better, it's potent, and it's going to continue to get better. The defense has a lot to improve on. Defense was horrid. All things we've known all season and were on very big display in tonight's game. That's the summary. That's, <laughs> that's a great. Su- that's it. Go off, King. Go off, baby. Uh, no, that that you're, you're spot on though. I, I think another thing, uh, and, I, and I know we want to. Uh, I know we want to get into Helmer here, but I think that um, it'll be interesting to watch the goalie situation going forward. That's like the only other thing I really took out of tonight is you know wh- whether they are gonna kind of maybe put him on display and play him a little bit more for the trade deadline, or if it is just we're riding the hot hand a little bit because he's been nice the last week, or if it's even just maybe they think Ned's cooled off a little bit or whatever. And I'll be interested in seeing because of how heavily we've relied on Ned for, what, three-fourths of the season. Uh, I'm very interested in how they handle that going forward. But that, that's really the only other thing I, I took out of tonight besides everything we've already listed. It can be both. It can be both that he's the hot goalie, but they also want to put him on display and see if there's any takers at the trade deadline. Sure. Because, you know, Calvin McCard is down in Grand Rapids. He's having a nice season. I think he's got like a 920 save percentage down there with the Griffins. If you trade Grice, get anything back for him on an expiring deal because he's gone at the end of the season anyways. You can call Calvin Picard up and have a serviceable, ba- serviceable backup. But it could sure. also be, at the same time, also be true that he's just ha- playing really well right now and you want to get him minutes. So I think both of those are valid points and both could be part of the reason why he's playing. Um, Yeah, that's, that's that. I think the other, I had a summary, but now I'm going to attack one more thing at the end. And yes, we're going to get into helm real quick. The part of the reason why the defense was so bad tonight is because they lost all the battles for the puck. Every single battle for the puck, they lost to the grand, uh, the grand rapids to the Colorado avalanche and especially in front of the net. And that's where a lot of the high danger shots came from. Loose pucks in front of the net that the Red Wings failed to clear that Colorado capitalized on. Big time. That's going to be a big thing that this team's going to have to get better at going forward, especially, you know, defense, but also on the forwards as well. They got to win those battles for the loose pucks. Yeah, for sure. And and also, really quick, officiating. <laughs> yeah. Garbo can. Dog crap. Horrid. I mean, my goodness. What, what a just disgusting display they're afraid, man. of officiating. They're literally afraid to call penalties on, on good players. Well, because I, you know, you got, you got a guy out there like a uh, Nathan McKinnon. who's not out there tonight, but you know, he was, he was a little, little, little fierce against the rest. So they're scared to call penalties against Colorado. They don't know what kind of wrath is going to come their way. It, <laughs> it was, it was gross, man. It really was gross. Um, no, it really was. I also would have liked to see Giovanni out there. We knew this game was going to be chippy. I I think it. Pro- I, I understand we got some people coming back from injuries and everything, so he's going to be the odd man out a lot of nights. But I I I think in a game that you knew was going to be this chippy, that it kind of made sense to have Giovanni out there. Um, but I guess whatever. Um, I think that's everything for Darren me. Helm. Darren Helm. He had a nice little tribute video. Yeah. Uh, it was just nice to, that tribute video was really nice. It kind of reminded me, I, I think 
a lot of Red Wings fans, myself included, tend to think about how a tenure ends rather than the legacy they left behind. Um, Darren Helm was here. His rookie year was 2008. His first, they mentioned on the broadcast, his first goals ever scored were in the playoffs with yes, the Stanley Cup. He, his legacy is him leaving really put the dagger in that last regime, like just completely collapsing altogether. He and Philpula leaving were the final players at 08 Stanley Cup championship. And obviously Philpula left before that and then came back to have been on the team and seeing him gone on another team just felt weird. And yes, it was time. And that should, that tribute was touching, but it did leave me a little sad because it's like this. Oh, I love, I mean, everybody loves Darren Helm. Right. Like, you know, the, the extension is what it is. You know what I mean? The extension was what it was. And, and, and it, it it wasn't great. And it was the final nail in the coffin. And, and it, and it was not good. (laughs) Five, Um, five by five. (laughs) But, but, uh, Everybody loves Darren Helm, the person, man. Everybody. Yeah. And Darren I, Helm, I, that's the dog. I don't mean to like flex or nothing, but I, I mean, I had the pleasure <laughs> of meeting him a couple times um, at my full time job, and he was, you know, off the ice, super genuinely nice guy. And his family glad, was there. I'm Girls glad he got to continue there. his playing career in Colorado because he deserves all the love he gets from the Red Wings fan base. Like, absolutely. absolutely. And deserves just, to play, for, have a little bit of weight off his shoulders. Just go play, have have fun, play some hockey. Yeah, and a team like with a team like Colorado, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, Darren Helm, hats off to Darren Helm. Love you, baby. We love, we, we love you. All right, dude. I don't know what the. That was aggressive. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available where you, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? We won't. Hashtag dynamic threat. Yeah, that's right. Um, I got that in there before you can even finish your question. Well, didn't we have another hashtag we've been doing too? Hashtag dynamic threat. Hashtag we ball. We ball. Hashtag your mother. Oh. Wow. I'm not going to recover. Where's that screenshot of me looking like I'm exhausted of you? <laughs> it's, That's all where I'm over, at right now. it's all over the internet. Right. <laughs> We're back with a new episode for you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. <laughs>